This show is part of the Head Stuff Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to That's Bangin', the food and drink podcast of Ireland. Where we talk to some of the brightest culinary minds in the country, as well as some of the people who are just passionate about their food and drink and what they love. You'll hear about all about what it takes to get a Michelin star above the door, as well as tales of the adventure around the best places on our wonderful island. All of this while we fill you in on the latest foodie happenings around the country and tell you the great bits Chris and I have been eating recently. In association with local, fresh and tasty beer, Hop House 13. Made with more hops for more taste and more character. Please remember to always drink responsibly. I'm Chris Mellon and we are back again for episode 2 of season 2 Super excited to be back rolling through them And I'm joined by always by my co-host with the mo-host Mr. Marcus O'Leary <laughs> <How are you? laughs> yeah, just, Sorry, I just went full DMX there yeah. I just had to Mo-host, I'll um, give it to you What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, what's happening? How are you doing? I'm good, I'm good I'm tired, I'm sweaty It's nice, it's, it's sweaty It's, ah, uh, you know Listen. We've had some amazing weather We've had some amazing weather We had an amazing weekend Me and Marcus were on our travels We were in the sunny southeast Uh We've seen some beautiful parts of Wexford. It was really nice. We also seen some, you know, some nice bars and some tents. It was lovely. It was wonderful. Yeah. Um, That's a very nice way of saying that uh, (laughs) we had drinks in the field. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, the weather makes it. Like, you drink the field for two days, no problem. If you you are following our Instagram, you might see uh, from to what the untrained eye might look like a rasher is actually Chris's back. Um, (laughs) When I say that this man got scalded with the rage of a thousand suns. Um, it's it's very impressive. Yeah, um, you can check that out on uh, at that's banging. Yeah, um, it's, it's it's getting yeah. down there now. It's get, I actually got some somewhere in my legs just evening out there over the weekend. Well, listen, man, you know it uh, balances everything. Mm. So, like uh, when we weren't in Wexford, Marcus, we usually talk about what we were eating last week. So, what's what's on what's on the menu? What have what have you been up to? I've been eating well. Um, I went to the Porthouse last night. Porthouse? Well, Cava by the Porthouse on Camden Street yeah, there. Yeah, so you're getting some sexy tapas. They were really good. Like, really delicious. Sat in, had a had a lovely glass of sangria, which was wonderful. Um, you know, it was kind of meant to rain last night, so I invited my... It didn't, so I called my dad, asked him to come out. Fab, fab. Um, and, and yeah, that, just... Uh, well, just which sat, one did you say? Did you say you went to uh, Temple Bar or no, on William Street? On, Ca- on Camden Street. Oh, Camden Street. Sorry, Cava sorry, sorry. by the Porthouse. So, oh, Cava. Oh, sorry, 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 sorry. Do you know what? It's like... I'm always so impressed by there. It's always so well priced. Mm. The service is always really good. They have a great wine list. They have a great selection. And we just sat out and I bumped into people I knew. My dad bumped into people mm. he knows. And we. it was actually, it was mad. Because, like, you know, if you think of Camden Street two years ago, mm. it was like, you know, just mentalness all the yeah. time. Like stag parties, hen parties, people doing backflips in the middle of the street with their <laughs> bums out. Who knows what's happening, right? Yeah. And here we are eating like, Deep fried baby squids and aioli, but there's such a nice vibe up there now at the moment. Between like, so you have Cava there, you have Hawker by Hang Dai, you have Amazing. Mr. S. Everyone's going just out on the streets and down further down, even like you know, with Camden Bites, Ruse and Hooks, there's a nice buzz of people yeah. just having pints outside Ca- there. Had a cocktail in the Camden Exchange beforehand. It was fab, lovely. fab, fab. Camden Street is kind of li- really, really pivoted, bit, but it's you know, it's pivoted well. Like you know, if, like shout out to, this, to this, Pickle this, there as well. Pit- shout out oh. to Pickle, absolutely. I, I was in um, Rowan Co Distillery a couple of weeks ago um, for the Pickle for the Pickle pop up, and uh, absolutely fantastic. Goat on top. It's like their classic dish, but it's just like oh, it's like butter. It's amazing, amazing. That's why it goes on toast, you know. It's amazing. But, um, what else? What did I have this week? Um, you know, I've just been eating a lot of burgers. Like, like you know, like I haven't been eating that well. I'm like I've a few things booked over the next couple of weeks that I'm really excited to get out to. But I've just been eating a lot of burgers. I got the got the Buju Burger Kit, the Connor Murray one. Oh yeah, yeah very fitting. He's the Lions captain at the moment. You know, big win for the Lions on Saturday. Uh, got it. Yeah. Well, actually, when this comes out, we'll have played again, so maybe we won't have won. <laughs> but, but anyway, but uh, yeah. So they, they do have to have the Schneem black pudding on top of the burger. Schneem. Schneem black pudding. But it's like you know you're. It's like it's it's crazy. You just ah, listen, butter it on toast. It's, it's, mad. it's mental. But uh, yeah, I had that. Uh, what else are we doing? I'm making some. I made some Whopper breakfast burgers with uh, the Granby pork burgers. They're very very good. Very mm-hmm. very good. Plug Granby. But um, yeah, but we've been eating kind of well. The usual carry on out of it us. Sounds but, like yeah. you've just been eating a lot of a lot of burgers. Well, a lot of burgers. You know what I mean? But like yeah, I, I mean, don't know. Like if you actually look at my Instagram, probably ate much better than that. But I'm actually <laughs> just this morning, like I said, I'm very tired. I haven't really actually thought about it. But we'll we'll, we'll crack on. We'll crack on. Yeah. We'll crack on. And uh, where well, let's see where where are we at. I want to give one little shout out to a restaurant I went to as well, Piglet. Mm. Oh my mm-hmm. god, I brought a I brought Rachel there, my girlfriend. It was just it was stunning. Like yeah, Jen, again, yeah. this idea of sitting outside, dusky warm evening, a glass of rose, some lovely little things to eat. You're swirling the glass in your hand, looking at that 
that kind of opaque sky. <laughs> and you're like, is this actually where we're coming out of as a city? And it was just wonderful. Yeah. Anyway, fab, let's, fab. let's crack on. Let's we have crack this wonderful on. guest sitting in front well, of let's us. let's get to it. Who so. has so much to say, yeah. which I'm very, very, very excited to. Yeah. Bring it in, Chris. So this season we did say we're going to give you a real mix of some of the best chefs in the country, plus some really entertaining people that just love their food and drink, you know? So here we go. Our guest today is a lifestyle, fashion, and beauty content creator with north of a cool 170,000 followers on Instagram. Add that to our massively successful YouTube channel, home to their brilliant cocktails with Kira. Or you might even recognize her from RTE's fitting room or as one of the chief triers on the crazy popular Try channel. Kira Darty, how are you keeping? I'm good, Chris. That was gorgeous. I was like, who's she? <laughs> <laughs> well, don't be so modest. You're fabulous. Oh, fabulous. What a gorgeous compliment. Um, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure sitting back listening to you talk about food. I was like in heaven there. I wouldn't mind. We're usually a lot better. I'm just very sweaty and flustered this morning. <laughs> I think sweaty and flustered is great. You're more passionate. You know? it, it's kind of the real kitchen experience. It you know? is. <laughs> absolutely. Go. Yeah, it's great. I'm so happy to be on. It's such an interesting podcast to be on. Initially, I'm like, why am I here? I'm not a food expert. I'm not a, I've never worked in a bar, but I am fond of a cocktail. Well, yeah, I'm fond of a I cocktail. Think, I think what you've done, and we're kind of going to touch on this a little bit later in the episode, is you're one of the new kind of generation of content creators who, without this like massive bar pedigree, has probably exposed more people to making cocktails at home <gasps> than actual bartenders and yeah. bars, which oh. is incredible. I think that over the last 18 months has been this extreme kind of emergence of people you know, going, I would love a margarita, but I don't know how to make one. And they go online. That was me. That was me in the beginning of lockdown. But that's it. And you've created this thing which guaranteed has like brought (laughs) joy to house parties, has has enlightened couples dates nights, have... Uh, yeah, everything. You know, it's amazing. So, first would you look, say that babies have been made because of my cocktail? I would say <laughs> we can say that. We can say I, that. I we would can, say that people enjoy hey the cocktails DM responsibly. Me, DM at me if <laughs> there's been a baby made. Just yeah. ch- children all over the country being named Kira now. You know, what yeah. I mean? little Kira, Kiran. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sazerac Kiran. Sazerac, don't get me started, Chris. It's the best. Uh, so that makes me so happy that you say that. That's the nicest thing ever. I'm on a personal mission to expose more women to whiskey. So. Oh, I yeah. want to yeah. see more women drinking whiskey. I think people can be intimidated by it. So, like, that's music to my ears. I think it's I just amazing. leave now. That's all. I, just, I'm <laughs> delighted. That Bye. is fabulous. But, and I'm, I'm one of these people that, like, you know, I wouldn't have known you personally, Kara, before, like, you know, for today, basically. But I've been yeah. following you for quite a while. And something that's really interested me in your feed is the cocktails, of course. Yeah. So I've, like, you know, not only watched it on your feed, but I've been on your YouTube channel having a look going, oh, that is interesting. Oh, actually, maybe I didn't know. Maybe oh. I've known the name of that, but oh. I didn't know what was in it. So, yeah. like, you know, I think that's what opens up for a lot of people. People will be familiar with names. Mm-hmm. but they won't be familiar how to make them or what actually goes into of them. Of course. So that's why it's really different. Like, I know, it's really, really helpful, really insightful. So totally. speaking of familiarity, okay, let's rewind from the Sazeracs. Let's, let's back, back away from the Cosmos. Right. Okay. Let's take a little moonwalk away from the Negronis, okay? <laughs> Kira, tell us a little bit about yourself for the listeners who might not know you. Where are you oh from? Oh, God, it's, it's the hardest question. I'm from Galway, which that's an easy one. Absolutely. Um, I think I, I've been working in content creation or the media or whatever for maybe the past decade. Wow. Uh, went to an Irish primary school woo, in Galway, had a great time. Um, <laughs> in college, I did English and kind of maybe thought that I might like to do something in the media. My family are primary teachers. My parents are like retired teachers, sisters, three sisters, all teachers. Wow. It's in the blood. It was the yeah. plan to teach, which honestly, I think I would love. Probably couldn't teach them how to make a Sazerac though that would not be (laughs) (laughs) be but uh, yeah so thought I wanted to do media bits and kind of continued with that and did a little bit of it but actually very quickly realised that you know this newfangled thing called the internet which was actually social media I mean when I started my blog in 2010 Instagram didn't even really exist you had to have like basic coding to do your little blog spot blog it was like something that was not only was it not commercialized in Ireland, it wasn't even cool. It was yeah. like seen as weird. Yeah, I had a blog spot blog. Did, did, did you? Like, yeah, 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 oh yeah. my God. Yeah, yeah, it was, I mean, when mine started, it was like a little bit of music, a bit of this, bit of that, and just kind of kept doing it. And then I think it was maybe 2015, 2016 that uh, it, like influencing, I suppose, or content creation as a commodifiable thing exploded in Ireland. It was obviously a thing in the US and the UK beforehand. And like, I never really knew that it would end up being my job, but I just enjoyed it and kept going and then ended up here. And uh, with the family, so three sisters, two parents, yes. all teachers. Uh, what was the food like growing up? Galway has an amazing food scene. Oh. And one thing that I remember, I spent summers in Galway 
uh, with cousins of mine in, yes. in Crockwell. And I was always just. Crockwell's only down the road from me, Marcus. <laughs> yeah. There only you go. down the road. Do you know any of the Flanagans? Don't uh, well, Nora. Probably. I Una. may have played camogie with them potentially. Possibly, yeah. Um, but, yeah. Shout, out, shout out to my cousin Una, who Patrick Dempsey just shared on his Instagram playing oh. harp on the Aran Islands. <gasps> She's a harpist. Yeah. Oh my God, how stunning. Yeah, but like, I, I always remember the, just how good the food was yes. compared to, like, you know, and this is no, like, just. The food that you got in Dublin in supermarkets and anything like that was grand. But then you go to go and you'd have stuff like, you know, black pudding that was made down the road or bacon yeah. that was made down the road yeah, or yeah, vegetables yeah. that were picked out of a neighbor's garden. And was that something that kind of featured with you? Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest with you. There wasn't that many restaurant trips when I was a nipper because, you know, like family being teachers, like a lot of Irish families starting out with a bunch of kids, mm. you did not like, have a <laughs> yeah, massive budget. Yeah. So it was a lot of home cooking. Um, but like my mom is excellent. Like she's amazing. I have like everybody has their like death row meal and it always ends with her apple tart, of course. Like it's wow. the most beautiful thing. It's like known in the village. Like whatever happens, something goes wrong, something goes great, whatever's going on there's an apple tart the poor thing just gets rinsed of the plates though because she like drops it over and she's like no rush no rush and then she's like that's another plate gone you know yeah. like the tins it's a fizzing cosmic you know that was, that was me at the start of lockdown like i was just like any friend i had who was working in the front line working in hospitals working in everything i was like cycling over to them with like trays of mac and cheese and baked oh, rigatoni Marcus, and that's stuff gorgeous. like that gorgeous what yeah. a lovely thing to do well do you know what if you're Feast. listening, give me my trays back. You know, and this thing, it's you, you have to, it, there needs to be a vessel. You can't just hand it to them. No, yeah, you yeah, can't yeah, show yeah. up with a pocket full of pasta and be yeah. like, oh, I made this for you. Yeah. Like, they yeah. should make like, dispo- this is going to sound so mean, but they should make like disposable Tupperware that you're like, it disintegrates in a week. Yeah. <laughs> that wow. makes no sense. Is that eco or is it the opposite? I'm not sure. I'd say sure. if it disintegrates, yeah. you're okay. Well, Degradable Tupperware. I don't, know, I don't know how like actual, like, you know, pro- pro- practical it would be. <laughs> you'd be on the way to work and you'd be like, oh shit. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, look, growing up, there was a lot of like, home cooking which I absolutely loved I know that you guys love like early food memories which Mm. I love as well and growing up with all the girls we were all great eaters of course I was the youngest so if you didn't eat fast you didn't eat Mm. Um, so it was important but I've always loved food and not that like you were made to sit at the table but it just wasn't really being super picky wasn't entertained that much it wasn't a huge deal but we just all grew up eating everything but me and dad always had a special like like our special bond was like over interesting types of food so some of my earliest memories with him when I was really really young in relation to food were eating the marrow out of like a shank of lamb that was our favourite thing to do we had like a really long spoon that we used to use the end of the spoon for it and all the other girls they just weren't interested Mm, in it which is fair enough but we just loved it and then it got to the point where I would like get it out and then have it all ready and then like his have like his bit for him it was just so silly but I remember it was this thing that just me and him did and I just loved it because it was like our thing because there was a lot of girls there was a lot going on so I was like this is like a moment for just me and him we also loved and still love like liver from the butchers Mm -hmm. Okay. when I was actually in college when I had like hadn't been um, I used to buy liver because it was so cheap and so tasty Yeah. Yeah. liver sandwiches bit of onions delicious and really good it's really good for you it's just a plate of iron isn't it yeah. calories you know it's no great. it's very good it's super nutrient dense you want to know how those girls get their trim figures it's probably liver well come here you know you're starting to have salt on a high note with marrow and liver yeah, like, well, that, like, that was actually quite emotional I was I was really that was, thought that was beautiful just oh, the, yeah. that time with your dad just I having that special it. thing it's so amazing yeah but that, we always there's always like when I come home to visit he'll always be like I've got this jar of like pickled random and I'm like say no more mm. so it's always me and him like eating the bits and like it just I just love it and it's something that I've kept like I wouldn't say that I have like specifically exotic taste but and this is something again that I've probably (laughs) from the dry channel has maybe been explored a bit more but I love trying new foods Mm. and often maybe you know the way you uh, different countries you go to what's normal for them is chaos for us I I was about to ask you've travelled quite a bit I mean I always feel like I should have travelled more but I yeah like certain places I feel like with uh, I love scuba diving it's like one of my favourite things to do so with my when I can so let's say with my sister or with friends we would often go to places where diving was good so like places like Mexico, Belize 
Chinese. Mm. Um, I got my um, initial cert like in Thailand off like Koh Tao, which is mm. like, it was so funny. There's like the party scene in Thailand, where which actually I didn't really do. We were like on the little island where all the diving was mm. amazing and it was a great place to learn. But yes, um, I loved all of the different food experience that you'd have there. Like there was, uh, we were diving in these caves. They're called cenotes in Tulum, yeah. which mm. is actually, I don't know why I bring this up, but it's a limestone region just like the west of Ireland. Wonderful. Uh, and the so burn. It's like the Mexican burn. Mm. The Mexican, Mexican it, burn. It literally is the Mexican burn. They're quite burn, stunned like, as well. I've been in the cenotes in, in Tulum. Like, aren't yeah, they just, the water is mm. crystal clear. It's so a, you mm. can dive the, okay, so to, to do cave diving, you need an, ex, it's the, the experience that you have to get because it's so dangerous. Yeah. It's like, there's a certain type of people who do it. So our dive leader was, a, he was, a, his name was Sebas and he was from South America. He was amazing, tiny guy and he was an incredible cave diver. They do these like squeeze throughs where you get to the point of the cave where you've got to take off your BCD, your regulator, slip it through and then go through. So you're kind yeah. of shutting off your air and yeah. you can imagine you're like, under, oh, it's insane. No, so he me. brings us around like the kind of open areas and then afterwards we're finished diving and then he like takes this thing out of his bag and it's like wrapped in a leaf and like, it's like this and there was one or two other people there and like uh, from all over the world and then yeah. obviously me and my sister Brina are Irish and like it was just really funny the reaction of people being like what is that me and Brina being like cool thanks uh, like I don't even think we asked what it was okay. I'm like if he's <laughs> eating it I'm eating yeah, it yeah, it's yeah. fine it was like this like egg omelette thing wrapped in a leaf I think it was like plan something gosh I should really know the name of it but it's like from a street vendor that he picked up on the way and he's yeah. like I brought some for you it was delicious but yeah. like it's just interesting and of course for people food is a source of anxiety for people for a lot of different reasons and like foreign food that they don't know is mm, is yeah. scary but my thing is I'm like I, I just I don't have a you know some people have like sensitive stomachs I've like yeah. the complete opposite I could probably eat a rock and I'd be fine yeah. so <laughs> nice. my thing is I'm like it's going to be fine and then usually it is it's a but you know I, it's something one of my favourite things about going especially when you kind of go off the tourist track a little mm. bit I remember being you know in the likes of kind of rural India or Myanmar or places like that yeah. kind of ending up in a wet market somewhere yeah. and just really seeing how I suppose essentially how we used to live in Ireland before mm. everything became sanitized and plastic wrapped and refrigerated yeah. and how still a vast majority of the world lives. So this kind of mm-hmm. very primal, you know, this is where your food comes from. This is a whole yeah. animal. This is a whole load of fish. This is vegetables. This is people who are bringing it from farm to source mm-hmm. to you. And so like, it, it, I always find it mad when people think that's weird or disgusting yeah. or gross. Or... We, we're more connected to it in Ireland, aren't we? I think our mm. agriculture, even our like our you know dairy industry, like we're so lucky that we get to see we're we're really closely connected to it. So yeah. I think that we're we're luckier in a sense. But you still find people that are like, oh. I don't like like meat on the bone or this or that. Like yeah. it's my favorite way to eat meat yeah. is like yeah. I love like a lobster up, like, or like slurping marrow out. Yeah, of like cracking, yeah. like cracking <laughs> open. You know, oh, I went to a lobster recently, a gorgeous restaurant in Monkstown, and you, you get like a lobster and they give you all the bits and yeah, like you yeah. get to crack it open and they give you a spoon and I was like, God, me and Dad could have done with this because it was like a specialized yeah, one yeah, for like yeah. getting it out. Yeah. And actually, shout out to Dad. I've never seen anyone be able to like pick a chicken carcass quite like him. Like <laughs> I, he, I would be like, it's done, and he's like, here, there's a least another sandwich worth of meat there I'm like where and he's like mm-hmm. good metric of measurement by yeah, the way yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. like here yeah. there's a bit of chicken there's exactly yeah. one sandwich oh yeah sandwich. he's like no 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 that's <laughs> yeah. not like dad I think I got it from him and it's so funny I see this because I do it to Yosef my boyfriend and I'm like oh my god that's dad where he's like this needs to go in the bin and I'm like it's grand <laughs> I do the exact same thing with Rachel. I You're, and yeah. Yosef's like, Kira, just like bananas, whatever. I'm like, if it's black, it's it's sweeter. It doesn't need to go in the bin. It's good and for like, banana bread. Sometimes, Come on, like, the lockdown taught you nothing. Literally, hundred yeah. percent good for banana bread. <laughs> but like stuff like that, that like obviously one needs to be careful and blah 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 and all that stuff. But like I I do sometimes toe the line just a little, just just a little bit, smidge. just just a smidge. Smidgeen. Um, you know, and it's always fine. But like, mm. you have to exercise caution with other people, and you know stuff like that but so kind of stretching from that early food memory right and that kind of development of wanting to try everything uh you mentioned that you you do have this cocktail and whiskey obsession obviously your your youtube channel and your instagram and everything you've built this massive following of making and i have like from the outside looking in this is one thing that from like everything is done so well like everything like (laughs) no really it is like it's there's no it's really easy for people who are in the any kind of drinks or food industry to look at somebody who's not directly in it doing something and be like, that's wrong, that's wrong, that's oh, wrong. I mean, but, <laughs> but no, like it's genuinely like your drinks have been incredible. Like, and it, you've had huge success with it. Like, do you have you always had the same approach to say drinks as you have with food? 
Do you know it's it's an interesting one. I I love 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 food so so much, but I feel like what what landed with me with cocktails, I think is like the romance of the whole thing and how how just enjoyable it makes me feel to make a nice cocktail. Don't get me wrong. I love being served delicious cocktails. <laughs> mm-hmm. And maybe that's how it started in lockdown is because I love like whiskey cocktails in particular. Um, and I felt like over the past couple of years, my journey of like enjoying whiskey and like getting into different types of drinks and going to gorgeous cocktail bars, of which we have some incredible ones here. Um, that's how the whole thing started was, was I was like, look, I predominantly started as a fashion content creator you know like fashion reels and things and I love it so much fun always will love it Uh, but during lockdown I didn't want to be sharing as much fashion content I didn't Mm. feel like people really wanted to see it that much we weren't really going that many places so I wanted something that was something that I could do that would keep me busy and keep me like out of trouble like I Mm. need to be kept busy you know it's good for me I think we're all the same devil makes work you know so while you might think that making cocktails maybe might not be the best thing actually it's a super mindful way to mm-hmm. drink because you're taking the time and all that kind of stuff so it's I think it's a good thing um, but that to me was like oh I can do something that people can get involved with yeah. and also I'm coming in as like I literally couldn't have even told you what was in the most basic cocktails in terms of their ingredients so I actually came in as a total noob and still am but yeah. the, do you know it's like cocktails like there's the culture around cocktails and Chris we've, we've talked about this before about when you make a drink and it's not like obviously you can have your measurements of whatever in a shaker in a glass. There's always a secondary story to that and how how cocktails got their name, oh, where they come from. That is what I just yeah. I'm a whoer for history. Mm-hmm. I say I'm like horny yeah. for the history. Yeah, I'm yeah, like yeah. the story behind cocktails. Mm. And I always say that like alcohol in general is so romantic, not just in the traditional romance sense and like the giddiness mm-hmm. of a glass of Prosecco and dates and cocktails, not even just that. The story behind drinks, it, much like with food, but I do feel like with alcohol, even in terms of if you look at a, a point in time and you look at the alcohol that was either prevalent or like banned or whatever, it's a real great mix of culture, of the class system, of economy. Like you look at things like like the gin craze in yeah. the early 1800s yeah. when they were all distilling, like houses were distilling Just their own gin. Making gin in your bathtub. Yeah. Deba- yeah. The debauchery that ensued, that really <laughs> like, famous portrait called Gin Lane, like depicting, because they, they had to pass like five bills consecutively just to rein in the city's gin consumption. You look at the vilification of absinthe in yeah, like yeah. the early 1900s, so interesting in Paris. And that was like the wine movement were mm-hmm. pissed off. Yeah. There was actually nothing wrong with absinthe. But only even, actually, it was only legalized in 2012 in yeah, America. Legal and there yeah. was nothing psychoactive in it. No, it was kind of such a bad rep. You know, this whole thing. <laughs> I ended up in an absent fire in the south of France. It oh. was just filled with hats. There was hundreds of hats <laughs> in this place. It can only seat about twelve people, and there was hundreds. There's of hats. so many hats, and just like I can't go. Literally, we were all just like, and you know, it's, it's kind of like the, the ceremony of it. The absent fountain. You're dribbling yes. this ice cold yes. water through the a sugar loche. cube. The oh, wonderful. We I actually, actually picked up a book the other day on Francis Street, one of the charity shops, and it's, uh, I think, it, I don't know what the name of it is, but like, you know, the front cover was like, where Caesar got his salad, and then it was something else about, oh, like, you know, it's just basically all oh, the. Uh, etymology. Etymology. Yeah, yeah. Like, things get where, their where names. They, yeah, but it's all about food and drink. Oh. Caesar salad was yeah, so made in a restaurant in, in uh, Mexico. Mexico, yeah. 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 But like, it's all about food and drink. So, a white like, Russian you know, isn't from Russia. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. just uses Russian. White, I think white Russian could be the other actual thing that's on the front cover. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I live for that. Like, I feel like that's a podcast in itself is like the, the edema, like where thing names for things come from yeah. 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 and like the origin of some cocktails are so interesting but like even if you're not you guys are storytellers mm. into all of that stuff you can just tell you're both such romantics with stuff like that and obviously with food as well <laughs> even if you're not you know like as interested in stuff like that as maybe somebody like like we would be just the enjoyment of cocktails in general either yeah. going out to have them but like making them at home they're so I think it's from old movies like when I used to watch like film noirs or even in mm. modern movies like where you would have like the beautiful woman in the dressing gown as and soon she's as just... this girl walked in I knew she was trouble literally yeah <laughs> I was like... sipping on my Sazerac rye <laughs> it was a cold night the rain was oh falling God, yes. and I could smell the danger in the air I <laughs> love it what I love that you've done but as well now with your, with your Instagram channel is you kind of you have that storytelling on your YouTube but then you've kind of really brought it down to like yes. you know really simplify it on your Instagram channel but I found it really quite meditating you know you have this lovely like picture in the background it's just 
nice wrist movements and like yeah. you know you're just kind of playing I do with like stuff. to add a little bit of flair thank yeah, you Chris yeah like you know there's flair there yeah. absolutely absolutely so, <laughs> quick, quick question what was the cocktail that you remember that made you fall in love with cocktails it was a Sazerac it was a Sazerac yeah. okay yeah. Which, like a, so, a Sazerac is not a, like it's a it's, t- it's the most classic of the classic it's yeah. the oldest cocktail probably in the yeah. world if you're unless you're talking about the original like cocktails being made on like boats like grog was yeah, the first yeah, cocktail yeah, yeah. it was like rum mixed with water mixed with citrus to keep the sailors yeah. alive yeah. essentially but to but, prevent uh, scurvy and to also to, pre- and also to pre- preserve the orange juice yes yeah. and also because they couldn't they couldn't get drinking water they were on sea for like weeks and all that jazz god far from from that now we are enjoying our fancy cocktails yeah. but yes it was a Sazerac but that's so I, I feel like I have like be like before lockdown after lockdown so before lockdown my first kind of cocktail experience was probably it was in a cocktail bar in London that was like one of those um, speakeasies where you really did knock on the door it was mm. tiny um, you know you're sitting on the stairs waiting there's like three tables like yeah. you could, there yeah. wasn't that many people yeah. there and the coolest thing ever <laughs> It was amazing. <laughs> they had the mixologist behind the table. They had them in like lab coats, which was really fun. But that yeah. was probably the only gimmicky thing about the place. Yeah. Everything else was just super, super chill. And the drinks were amazing. I had, I think I had a, I, no, I had a martini. Yosef had a Bloody Mary. And we were like, this is absolutely incredible. Yeah. Um, but then when I started making cocktails on YouTube and eventually then it went over to Reels. But I didn't know what I was doing, was figuring it out. And then I made what is now the most basic version of a Sazerac, which is just whiskey and absinthe. Yeah. And it just was a religious experience I was like Mm -hmm. this tastes so incredible but I loved like I've always enjoyed absinthe and that really aniseedy licorice taste Mm -hmm. but I never really drank it you usually drink it when someone's like this is absinthe let's try it or like on the try (laughs) channel my my memories of absinthe were like somebody being like lads I just got back like when you were in school somebody being like went to Spain bought a bottle of black absinthe with a hash leaf on it yeah literally (laughs) it was was always that but then (laughs) they were great times but then you actually look at actual absinthe and how delicate and refined Le Fay is my favourite oh incredible so good um, yeah it's 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 amazing like enjoying it as like uh, you know uh, enjoying it like you would really really nice food or a really really nice drink it's absolutely gorgeous and it's such an interesting one to include in cocktails mm. like um Oh, going back to like Ernest Hemingway, this is to do with like the the vilification of absinthe. He used to drink a death in the afternoon, which was a shot of absinthe mixed in with with champagne, which like what a way to Mm. get ready Mm -hmm. um, (laughs) for the day. But it's a really great one to mix. He knew how to live. He knew how to live. Like the Belle Epoque of Paris where you had everyone from Hemingway to F. Scott Fitzgerald. Why wasn't I born there? All all that crew kind of languishing around there, just literally... Mm out the head the whole time writing these literary greats mm. but then yeah. Hemingway went off to like Cuba and then was like living in Cuba like drinking rum having just like rum. having that again crack there. alcohol mm. it's all like and of course see this is the thing is when I when I when I get really into talking about alcohol and how romantic it is I always do try and pepper it with like of course enjoying it responsibly yeah but it's that kind of thing and again with cocktails I always try to promote like a mindfully making a cocktail mm. rather than like drinking a full bottle of wine and feeling like death mm. the next mm. day for me it would be having like one or two well made like probably do make you know the way traditional yeah. cocktails are made they're kind of strong mm. um, but, but I think th- that's brilliant you're putting your time into making something so it's not just like knocking back drinks like you're not just drinking a oh, can of something like, 100%. You know, you're, putting, you're putting your effort and time and it's a full experience <coughs> then so like, do, you know, do, you know, do you know what it's like it's like the food equivalent of making a conscious effort instead of just going out and being like it's carbonara it's bacon it's a of bit course. of cream. it's like mm. I'm going to go and I'm going to get some nice guanciale yeah. Yeah. I'm going to yeah, get yeah, some exactly. free range eggs I'm going to get some pecorino and some yeah, parmesan yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to get some beautiful handmade pasta trip to Little Italy I'm going to and it's really it's taking the time and the love to the, that you appreciate every single little part of, of it, course. you know, where you're like, you're not throwing in a really like smoky scotch. Mm-hmm. You're leaning into a rye. Mm-hmm. You're not just throwing in that bottle of absinthe that came back from your trip in Tenerife when you were 15. I know. That's been like gathering dust at the back of your parents' liquor cabinet mm-hmm. that you took one night and you're just, yeah, it's not that. It's it's really, it is this whole thing of mind, mindful consumption. Totally. That is wonderful. And I, I do think it's important. And then I have this other side to me that there's this <laughs> there's this saying that I love so much and it's like, well-fed devils behave better than famished saints. Oh my God, that is. So I actually want to get that tattooed on my personally <laughs> That is think, amazing. Wow. Yeah, I personally think that it like 
hedonism is good for the soul mm. and just like we use food to nourish our bodies and to be healthy and like I would like to say like I feel thank God super healthy I love good food but I also really enjoy like super decadent food yeah. like I'm, I I don't believe in food guilt like it's all I feel like just as much as you know a green juice and blah 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 not that I really drink that that much is good for you I also feel like you know a Sazerac maybe two maybe three mm. maybe if you are a little bit hungover it's good for the soul not yeah. all the time but it's it's part of what makes for me personally I operate best when both those sides of me are catered to yeah. I don't think that as humans like like a little bit of debauchery is really necessary and I don't like I you know it's like we all have to figure out our own balance well, but listen, I think, I think that, we're all well fed devils do you know here. what I mean <laughs> I, I think we can we'll be better members of you functioning members of society when those parts of ourselves are also sated I think that you mm. can't you, I mean, look there's obviously people who like do, you know don't enjoy drink it doesn't do it for them that's mm. absolutely fine I'm loving your philosophies but you're, I just you're, think you're, it's I think it's really important I think when I you know feed the devils in me in a nice you know way that they're happy then everything is is fine and that is like things like you know beautiful cocktails like rich foods and stuff although we can't eat truffles all day because we would probably get gout yeah. but you know <laughs> I like being able to walk do you know what I mean yeah. so it's like, I like balance being able to walk. I always try and that's the attitude that I always try to <laughs> instill in, in my alcohol content and I'm like you you know you you figure out your own balance mm. but like it's okay to have a Sazerac or it's okay to have a couple of them you know it's okay. fine one last thing for cocktails right yeah so you have all these cocktails up in your up in your feeds right so if people are at home you know and they are a little bit intimidated by making cocktails at home what 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 where should people go on Kira Darty's page and what, what should they start with what's the, what's an easy one to get into and one that you really think is worth doing I mean it, I think that the idea of building a bar can be really intimidating for mm -hmm. people because there is expense involved in like yeah. uh, the more you look the more you find different liqueur spirits and everything like mm -hmm. that but I think the best way to start with cocktail making at home is to figure out a firstly what types of drinks you like mm -hmm. and if you're more of a whiskey cocktail person maybe you're a gin gal maybe you're into whatever so pick that so if you're like I love whiskey then obviously getting a base of maybe like a bourbon or a rye yeah. then you would go in like things like bitters are super like mm -hmm. affordable they're great and then building it around that but surprisingly things like whiskey sours old fashions and stuff a lot of the basic really really good classic cocktails require very little ingredients and yeah. they're so uncomplicated just a lot of them are just juice. citrus so yeah, like yeah. when you're doing your food shop pop a few lemons and limes in there mm -hmm. go wild add a grapefruit you know, you can, you can, like, there's no limit to the amount of little accoutrements and things and yeah. stuff you can pick up. Glassware. Glass. Yeah. Oh, oh, listen. My cocktail cherries. My, oh. Those Luxardo cherries. Oh, my God. My house is a mess with just glasses. And, like, I, know. I have a bar built in the corner, but it's just, it's overflowing. And it's like, I know. The, like it's, it's supposed to have wine rack on it, but the wine rack, the wine's just all on the sides now. And it's just, it's I a know, mess. It like, spills out. Like, mm -hmm. for me, it used to be like shoes and clothes. And now it's like bottles. It's yeah. outrageous. Glassware is actually the worst one because, like, I you know, know I'm, I'm finding, like, you know, press that used to have food. There's mm -hmm. like glass now as well. All, all these branded glasses. Uh, but it's stunning. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, great. Yeah. Tell you what, let's just take a quick break to tell the lovely people listening about Headstuff Plus. Okay? Okay, super. So we're available from everywhere you'd normally get your podcasts. And of course, Headstuff Podcast here on the Headstuff Podcast Network. Um, if you would like to support us and the network, you now can through Headstuff Plus. Signing up to Headstuff Plus community not only helps your favourite Irish creators do more of what they do best, but also gets you a heap of bonus content from every show on the network, regardless of which show you support. So jump on and buy us a pint or a cup of coffee and support us through Headstuff Plus while receiving some bonus content. And this week's cross-promo for another brilliant show on the Headstuff Podcast Network is Pints of Malt. This is the trailer. Okay, it's Jibs here from Pints of Malt. <laughs> so our podcast is basically group of Irish Nigerian lads who tell their stories growing up in Ireland as well as Nigeria and we share our experiences with all of y'all. We also add a bit of comedy as well, you know, to get y'all laughing, get y'all through the week in these tough times that we are in. So y'all sit back and just, you know, enjoy the show. As Jib said, we're the Prince of Mott Podcast. You can find us on all streaming platforms, including the Headstuff Network. So Kira, at the start of the show, we mentioned our local fresh and tasty sponsor, Hop House 13. So in this section of the podcast, which I'm buzzing to ask you, we're going to ask you what's hopping. Um, you obviously are from Galway. You live in Dublin. You've been traveling all around the place. You love eating. You love drinking. So we want you to celebrate some of the most kind of exciting things that you're that you're feeling at the moment. Maybe an amazing outdoor dining experience you've had recently, um, something that's launched, or maybe a project you're working on. Um, a little reminder, always drink responsibly. But Kira, tell us, what is hopping? 
Well, I mean, I feel like I always default to saying that Galway is hopping because it is and it always is. But we've already mentioned that. We all, you don't need me to tell you how great Galway is. So right now, I would probably say that Dunleary is hopping. Ooh. And I'm maybe saying that because I, I live Do you there. You happen to live in Dunleary by I chance. I live there. I moved there in January um, of 2020, just before everything kind of hit. And oh gosh, like I always wanted, like it, being from Galway, I didn't necessarily, well, we did live near the sea, but um I felt like being up in Dublin I wasn't by the sea as much so I was like I'd really really love to live somewhere coastal and oh my goodness it's such a gorgeous little spot so what I would say is that like bringing dining and also like a bit of an excursion together I would recommend like a sea swim and then food in or around the Dunleary area especially in the weather we've been having it is such a gorgeous experience okay so Dunleary I know Dunleary is fantastic right so Tell like let's tell the people where are you going in the Leary? Where are you going for your? Where are you going for breakfast? Where are you going for okay. lunch? Where are you going for dinner? All where right. are you going for a Sazerac? You know, like okay. Well, I I have not figured out a place yet in Dunleary that I know <laughs> of that would do an amazing Sazerac. But I do feel like the cocktail bars obviously they've been suffering. And mm. please God, you know we'll be back to we're kind of we're getting there. We're getting there. So we won't dwell on it too much but it makes me very sad because I love a good cocktail bar I love a jazz bar it's my absolute favourite mm. um, oh my god but with John Leary um, they have so many amazing spots let's say like only over the weekend I was catching up with friends and I went to Olivetto and Haddington House which mm-hmm. is outside but it's a gorgeous outdoor area because it looks out on the water so yeah. it's just visually so stunning the food is like it's is simple but done well it's tiny menu it's basically pizzas and yeah. like they do really nice polenta fries and their good olives fun. I love love a good olives and obviously being called Olivetto it would be weird if they did <laughs> and they do but other places like I mean Soup the ramen bar in Dunleary yeah. is great oh, and I am a massive shout out to Soup and Will fan. and the crew yeah. there we, we've, they, we've talked about Soup before on the podcast yeah. well, I, I really a big 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 admirer of the, the Malay prawn laksa it's, Go on. It's incredible. It's like Ramen a coconut is, cream uh, curry with noodles. Is made. Oh, I actually, I like, I feel like there's, in terms of ramen, I was making it before I moved out to Dunleary, but soup, I'm like, ooh, this is a great idea. It's probably, when people ask me, like, what's your favorite thing to cook or make at home? It's always ramen. Mm. But during lockdown, I made my own bone broth, which was really oh, great. fun. Yeah, nice. as yeah. someone who adores marrow and actually the, the health properties of bone broth and like how much collagen is in it yeah. and I mean listen you know you can't get your you couldn't get your beauty treatments and bits and bobs done during lockdown so I was like listen I want all the collagen that <laughs> I can know, get yeah. I cannot yeah. think of a single person I know who went you know what I can't go and get a filler or a collagen or anything amazing. like that well, better lash in yeah. some marrow <laughs> yeah yeah. this is it quite, if I could ingest honestly, it I would as someone who doesn't have any filler yes yeah. I was like do you know what let's make a nice let's make a nice bone broth so I had been saving up uh, bones in the freezer now mm-hmm. Yosef uh, is the most patient man in the world understands my quirks and you know loves me for them uh, wasn't sure was he really on board with this whole process so I was uh, he noticed that a couple of weeks prior I was specifically buying a lot of really interesting cuts of meat and he was like Kira you, we would never usually get this and I'm like but I want the bones yeah. so I was saving the bones and then I was like right I'll pop down to one of the stunning butchers in Dunleary we'll supplement what I've got with some of what he's got so mm-hmm. I went to Hicks yeah, great yeah, butchers yeah, yeah. And I asked him, right? <laughs> so I was like, do you... Look, I'm making bone broth. He was like, perfect. Yeah, I've got some knuckle and some oxtail. I was like, Amazing. stunning. So I'd read an article online, right? That mm-hmm. the most... Uh, when you're making bone broth for like health purposes... Now, also, I wanted it for flavor because for yeah. ramen, for everything. Of course. The best thing you can get is chicken's feet. Chicken feet, because yeah. Because yeah. they have Gelatin so many... Collagen. Yeah, they have Loaded. so many small bones. What you want is like an accumulation of small bones because it's a lot of cartilage. Yep. So I asked the man in Hicks did he have any chicken's feet mm. and he was like super nice but he was like no like we really don't do that here mm. like he he laughed at me in a, in a, in a, in a kind way yeah. he was yeah, like yeah. no like we did that's, you know like if you wanted to get it there's other markets that you can go into yeah. in the city centre which would have been outside my cake yeah, and yeah. I was like okay if I go and I get stopped and I get asked essential <laughs> like, trip I'm just getting some chicken's feet come here I kind of feel that if anyone stops anyone and they just hold up a bag of chicken's feet and be like I need Let the her feet go. they'll be like listen just, just go she obviously just needs <laughs> to go and yeah. Do that. I'm not um, going to stop this. Yeah, so yeah. I didn't get the chicken's feet, but I got a gorgeous bag of knuckle and oxtail. So I have a slow cooker, which is like the yeah. best yeah. thing ever. It's great in the winter. Not really, maybe we won't use no, it as much right now. It's put yeah, away yeah. right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I boiled them for maybe like two days and did all the things. And it was so enjoyable, it's the process. Nourishing. It was mm. so enjoyable, like watching it simmer away. Yosef was like, is that thing still on? Um, but it worked super well. And then you, I sectioned them off and then froze them in little cubes so that I could yeah. use them in like single serving portions uh, for my ramen. And it was amazing. And then I did the like 
where you get the boiled eggs. I love, I love yeah. boiled eggs. So, so what else goes I into your ramen? Them. Okay, so I obviously use like all the miso paste and all that stuff. I get like dump. There's like a lovely little Asian market. It's Filipino actually in Dunleary. It's called Pinoy Sari Sari. Gorgeous little place. You can get like frozen dumplings, wow. which are actually great in the yeah, air fryer because yeah. it yep. makes them crispy in the air mm. fryer. I, lo- I love mm. a kitchen gadget. <laughs> I don't know, is that like a cool thing? No, Maybe no, like, no, no. but I, I, I love a kitchen gadget. I'm like, you can sell me anything. I'm like, ooh, I need that. So I I get like my boiled eggs, which I cook in my egg cooker. Not a kitchen gadget. <laughs> love it. Swipe up. Um, and then I marinate them in soy sauce. Honestly, like I, I, I just feel like I could be on QVC because I, I just, I feel like that could have been a whole other career tra- trajectory. We still might do it. Um, the lunchtime show. Honestly. So, but for cocktails, where I get progressively drunker throughout this lot. Basically, but Julia Child did. Keith honestly, Floyd, Julia Child. You I went love to, it. A little bit of wine for the chicken. <laughs> a little bit of wine for Kira. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I can see it now. Yeah. Honestly, that sounds great. Yeah. I would love that. I, lo- I yeah. love nothing than doing like a, an eight-hour cook where like, you know, you're like, Oh, the recipe calls for one bottle of Bordeaux. Better get eight. I know. <laughs> I'm making I know. a big batch. So, it's all part of it. So Leary is what's happening. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I mean, every, they Leary. don't call it fun Leary for nothing. Did I just you? think, obviously, we have such an amazing accumulation of restaurants in yeah. the city centre. Um, so, like, maybe go to some other areas, you know, like yeah. as in for someone, if you're looking for mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. like an experience or a day out going somewhere like Don Leary or also the, the, mar- the, the market at the People's Park. It's bad. It's always yeah. amazing. It yeah, yeah. Is always bad. gorgeous. Yes. Uh, listen, I went for a swim in Sea point the other day, walk back into Dunleary, Teddy's ice cream, oh, always so popping. Yeah. All along there, like the amount of people just sitting outside. And it is it did did have a kind of a, like a a Miami feel to it. Like I it was know. really when the sun shines and fun Leary. Or even yeah. like, you know, you don't even need to go to a restaurant, grab a wee bag of chips, mm. sit in the ground. There's some gorgeous Go to Legends. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. There's mm. some great grocers and like wine shops or whatever there. So there's like have great na- places have for neighborhood. Neighborhood have opened up have there. Opened now, in the yeah, oh yeah. Have, yeah. 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 We're very we're spoiled. There's loads yeah. and loads of nice mm. spots. So like mm. I would recommend coming out to Fun Leary. There we go. Well, okay. I, I think like one thing that the pandemic did do as well is like, you know, it created the it created the city centre a lull and then everyone moved yes. out to different areas. Yeah. But like all these smashing areas like Dunleary's, mm-hmm. like your Malahides, like your Clontarf, mm-hmm. anywhere that was coastline basically. Totally. But they all became the hubs. That's where people were. You just see people everywhere. Mm-hmm. Hote never had more people at it. I know. But you know, they're, they're, and they're all smashing places on their own with their most amazing restaurants as well. Like I love, I love Hote. I'd go yeah. like, you know, it's I prefer Hote in the city. Well, who doesn't love Hote? We could all love to live in Hote. But yeah, that kind of thing really did, did, did push on a lot with like the more kind of neighbourhood places and neighbourhood restaurants in general. This yeah, is amazing. Yeah. Well, speaking of restaurants, now, mm. um, now that things are starting to open up again, as of this week, indoor dining is back, um, and people are kind of getting a bit more geared up to go. Mm-hmm. Favorite restaurant to visit in Ireland? Like, if you could click your fingers oh. and suddenly be anywhere, be it with your family, be it with Yosef, be oh it with. Oh my god! I mean, that's a great question. I would probably say. It would be Lenans with my family and Claire. It's like a seafood restaurant, and like that's like my death row meal is like the mussels in white wine and garlic. Oh my mm-hmm. god! And it's like very chill. It's like seafood, but obviously we're so 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 spoiled for seafood here in Ireland. And I've just been going there with them. Like when I say we didn't go to restaurants often, when we would visit my nan and Claire, I actually remember right. <laughs> I remember we didn't have a house phone until I was like. Maybe like eight or something. Well, no, actually, I remember I, we, do, we didn't really need one, to be yeah. honest with you. And I, <laughs> I remember we used to call my nan from the payphone outside Lenans, and we go to different payphones. Like my sisters used to have their friends call them at school that like they'd call the shop phone. So Claire would go down to the shop. I don't know, does this come across as really weird? Maybe this is like just country things no, that they good. would call the phone, like the phone, the shop and the, the phone in the shop. So Claire would go down and just be hanging around the phone and then it would, because it would just be a house number and yeah. then like because it was Neelan so they all knew her and they were like oh she's chatting to her friend but we used to go to Lenans they do amazing oysters um, where I live in Kilcoggan is right around the corner from Morns the Weir who are okay, just a great yeah. seafood place incredible um, yeah. and yeah it would probably be like family a, a restaurant that I would go to with my family because that's the one that sticks out that we would go to maybe like every couple of months we'd visit Nan we'd go there and it was that sounds gorgeous unreal that's something I'm really pumped for is actually just Getting going coastal, I know, and just finding somewhere like that. Actually, I went to Carlingford recently. Yeah. I went to uh, I think it was Fitzpatrick's uh, on the way, and same kind of thing. Just sat there with a bowl of chowder, Stunning. and some scampi. Oh god, and maybe some oysters. So I love an oyster. And and we actually actually this somewhere I really want to give a shout out to uh, to um, uh, the guys at Carlingford Oysters uh, who brought myself and Rachel and some friends actually out into the oyster beds 
and showed I us saw. Key and, yeah. Key and so Mary. Yeah. Yeah. You lucky duck. No, mm. honestly, like the, the love that gets put into those oysters, right? Sure. It's like, it's genuinely, and I, I remember being in restaurants and being like, looking at the price of an oyster and being like, it's mad, they just pull it out of the sea. The amount of actual physical labor that goes from being What are you out, talking? Is it like two years, three years? Th- so three years. Three years, Three yeah, years yeah. in general of turning bags of oysters by hand mm. over a 30 square, 30 square kilometer farm Going out, going out at five in the morning in the pitch black with headlamps in the middle of winter oh yeah. to turn God. these oysters. Yeah, literally doing this as a labor of love, as in mm. this intensive labor of everything, and genuinely, you're left with this perfect little bite, this little morsel. And I always think like the the agriculture of the sea, like the fishermen, the mm-hmm. oysters, the mussels, anyone that's doing that kind of thing, they're like absolute mental and heroes mm-hmm. at the same time. Like you know, it's it's such a tough like slog. Like you know, but it's amazing. It's boat, beautiful. Do you know incredible. what I haven't had since I was about twelve? And I always ask people who love seafood about this: mm. Have you ever had a periwinkle? I have had winkles. They used to be a yeah. massive thing in Dublin. Well, you can yeah. pick, you can still pick them like down in like Clontarf so, on the Strand. Chris, can you hook me up with a periwinkle? Because I'll, I'll I, hook you up with some, yeah. I, know, I actually know a sea snail yeah. fisherman. Oh, go on, because yeah. I used to get them in Clare, where my nanny, my dad's a Clare man. So we used to go to like Lahinch and the Pollocoles with all our cousins in the summertime. Had an absolute scream, and you could buy bags of periwinkles for yeah. like two pound yeah. on the yeah. shore, and then they give you the little safety pin. Yeah. And I remember loving them again. It was something like the girls would have them, but me and dad would be horsing into the winkles. It was so good. And Your I haven't linkies, yeah. had one because obviously you d- don't yeah. really get them in there's, restaurants. There's a thing They're around not, the north you know. in our city in Dublin where like, you know, there's like there's guys that come out and pick the winkles still like early in the morning. Yeah. And like wow. they're, they're known around like Summerhill and Sheriff Street where there's like just yeah. men walking around with bags of winkles. Like yeah. it's a thing. Because I've like, never had one in Dublin. It's mm. literally been specifically I'll when I was you, I'll, younger. I'll, I'll get you hooked up. I just, you know the way taste just evokes yeah. memory. Yeah. And I just... But also, do you know what? Check out some, if you go up around Parnell Street in the kind of the small Chinatown area yeah. there, yeah. Yeah, yeah. some of the restaurants in there, sea snails are far more prevalent in Chinese cooking. Yeah. So go in and check there. Some of them wow. do amazing sea snail dishes. Mm-hmm. Oh. So while we're checking out, also there's a fish shop in there called Rongs. Rongs. Yeah. Rongs, which I also love that the two biggest fish distributors in Dublin now are, are, wrongs are, are, and rights. are rights and wrongs. <laughs> no, which is I just got that. Yeah, which is more perfect. Genuinely, it's amazing. I like it's it's one wow. of those like poetic irony kind of thing. But it's That's just gas. it's beautiful. But um. <laughs> They will have. They will sort you out with all the winkies you need. Oh, that sounds stunning! Yeah, I feel like you guys are such a resource. Like, you, I'm just going to start sending you like voice notes. If anyone, well, the rest of Dublin does. So, but yeah, yeah, I think I, I can I because yeah, I on want. On that to. note, if anyone ever wants any food <laughs> ingredient, anything recommendations, feel free to message us on the Instagram. Mm-hmm. Now, the last bit of this podcast, Karen, okay. right? And you've mentioned two of the things that I think would be on the menu, but yeah. I don't know how many courses the menu has. We always like to talk about the devil's dessert. Okay, this is basically imagine... Kira, that you were the sitting, sitting there having you're wow, so, you're fired. You're fired. That was my friend. <laughs> that, was, that was Chris. No. That was Kira. Imagine I don't you know were, where that voice comes imagine, from. It just comes out. Imagine you were sitting. Yeah. What, yeah. What, what's a, what's your dog's name again? Oh, Remy. Imagine you yourself and Remy were sitting at the end of the pier, feet dangling over the water. Gorgeous day. You were drinking a Sazerac out of a flask, and suddenly the devil was like, "Yo, <laughs> yo, Kira." It's your, it's your time, but you get one meal left. Um, uh, yeah, and so you know, what would it be? What what would can be? I, can we now, do like? It's, it's this is the this isn't just like what you're eating. It's where is it? Oh yeah. What are you drinking? Oh yeah. It's yeah. like so. What do you think? And you can be quite can expansive we, with it. You can, can we have do what you want. Starter mains you can. and you okay, cool. Can. You can do as many okay. courses as you want. Mm. Okay, so yeah. I'm wearing a stunning dress. Right, it's gorgeous. Okay. You know, whatever color. First, first person to go with fashion. Listening yeah. to this, just imagine like gorgeous. Maybe it's like satin. There's like some sort of draping. We're, she's in a heel. The hair's blown. Everything's looking okay. right. Okay. Um, Firstly, we're going to a jazz club for a pre-dinner cocktail. Amazing. We're just going to take in a little bit of the music. I kind of feel like the devil wouldn't even kill you after this straight away. <laughs> Other people are just like, oh, just like a Big Mac. Yeah. You're like, The devil's devil. like playing bass and the guitar, <laughs> you know. Um, so we're probably, there's a little jazz bar in Venice that's really, really good. It's actually their only jazz bar, to be fair. Um, and it's stunning. And I went there before and it was my birthday and they played me <laughs> jazz rendition of Happy Birthday. It was stunning. Anyway, we're getting off course. So we're there for a pre-dinner cocktail. We're probably having like a Sazerac or something, even you could probably end the night with that anyway starters we are teleported to Lanans to have the mussels in garlic and white wine sauce gorgeous maybe a little bit of chowder their bread's great too then for our mains we're gonna like 
time hop over to Paris and have the steak and chips from Le Relais de l'Entrecôte. Yes. I know you love it. Oh, yes. Yeah, it's gorgeous. Um, I, oh my God, I can't remember the last time I went there. It was a good few years ago. I haven't been to Paris in ages. I'm going in a month and I'm so excited. Oh, it's so good. And I they do, wait. when you were there, they do like the two seatings, the 7.30 and the yeah. 9.30. And like, it's just the way that it's done. And the waitresses wear like the really old school, like thing that, is now sexualized as a French maid's costume, but like they wear like the traditional like black and white. Like it's mm. just, it's so cool in there. Yep. Um, and the food is amazing. And like, it is a little bit like, but not busier. Like it's, it's. An, I would love if it was cozier and smaller, but also like it's it's really popular. Yeah. So you yeah. can. Oh, listen, can, the devil can get you. You can we, slow down a little bit. Yeah. yeah, we can't deny them that. So then my dessert would always be my mum's apple tart. But like, I feel like if I was in like a death row jail situation, she would bake me like either a shank shiv or like a, a like a like a iron bar or something into it. So we would like get out, <laughs> of course. Um, but that would be my dessert and then and then I would of course you would of course my mum would do so, that so I'm literally so just the mental this is my image story Marcus I'm not gonna die the, the mental image I have right is so far right you are she's in a satin dress she's you, got a shank you show up you show up the hair is blown the heel is Everything on the is satin right. dress is draped stunning the, like there's a wind machine you're there's like, you're like Celine thigh. Dion like literally going back to the start of this episode where it's the film noir idea of, of like you know as soon as she walked into the yeah. bar I realise now that the voice I was doing was the devil and he was walking in to take your soul after the meal. And he was like, as soon as she walked in, I knew it was going to be trouble. This guy, this guy. But then I convinced the devil to have a sip of the Sazerac and the Sazerac is actually poison. And then the devil is poisoned and then we switch places and then I'm the devil. Him and his bass guitar are gone. Literally. <laughs> bass solo. Honest to God, I just need to calm down. Um, so yeah, afterwards we'd have a cheese board and then that's it. <laughs> Wow. Oh my days. That, that was, was quite, that, it was was quite special. It was quite special. I feel like we just watched a short film and I loved it. Um, wow. That was, um, Kira, thank you so much. I feel that I've learned so much. I, we've known each other for years and I feel that I I, I've gotten a deeper we insight into you. We need to go for dinner. And we will. And I'm really looking forward to that. Um, Kira, yeah, where can people find you? What's your socials? Uh, What's your... I mean, I'm Kira O'Doherty on everything and I feel like checking out Tri Channel is definitely yeah. a prerequisite. We barely touched on Tri Channel. I know you're actually flying off to do some trying yeah, right now. doing a drink so roulette. Yeah, so for the people that don't know, Tri Channel has an amazing Instagram or amazing YouTube following over 1. 1.1 million, subscri- 1. 1. Yeah. 1 million subscribers yeah. and you try all sorts of bits and bobs yeah. loads of drink funny stuff amazing uh, stuff great guys. you're going off to do a, a boozy related one now yeah we're doing a drink roulette which is basically a challenge based video there's maybe like seven or eight shots involved in it they usually suss the triers and they'll they'll bring in the people that they feel like will be grand we'll and hold it together somehow I've div- I don't know how long I've had this but I seem to have a little bit of a wooden leg well so. do you know what you did just talk about shanking the devil in a <laughs> jazz bar so I think the two go hand in hand I'm not going out easy no <laughs> well, listen. Dirty, thank yes. you very much thank Brilliant. you Genuinely, thanks so much for taking the time to join us here. Um, and to you, the listener, thank you so much for taking the time to listen to us. Uh, we're back next week with more tales and adventures of the culinary landscape with some great guests. Keep an eye on the Instagram to see who we have next week. And thank you to our wonderful sponsors, Hop House 13. They're what's hopping. And we're that's banging. Get the facts, be drink aware, and visit drinkaware.ie. This show is part of the Head Stuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com.